Well, amen. Praise the Lord. It's truly a, a delight to be here in this beautiful uh, facilities. And I want to uh, say with the bishop, thank you, pastor, pastors. You're probably the most important. But also, I would like to uh, echo some of the words of the pastor talking about the bishop being a praying man. I have had the opportunity to work with nine, ten, I, I lose count after a while, how many bishops that I have worked with. And hopefully, prayerfully, I believe all of them are godly men. But we can talk about a few later on, maybe. I don't know. Um, but he is a praying man. And so you can rest assured that if you send envelopes in with prayer requests, we pray for those weekly. And he prays for you. And he prays for the staff. And so I think we need to give appreciation for a man of God to lead and direct us. Why don't we just give them appreciation tonight? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Amen. Then I'd like to give you a, a brief uh, time of uh, testimony. We had in our four youth rallies that just ended on April Fool's, no fooling, on Friday night, uh, we had about 350 students and leaders around the state with about 25 to, to 30 to give their life to the Lord. Amen. We give the Lord praise. And this past uh, summer, uh, our camps, we had 100 to uh, give their life to the Lord. Some 67 uh, to 70 said that they were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We give the Lord praise. Amen. Amen. And so with that, our theme this year for our camp is the race because Scripture tells us in Hebrews 12, Therefore, since we're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets us. So we have bought some bubble balls that we can insert people in the bubble balls. And we're going to put them up on top of the mountain. And if they're saved, we're going to ask them. And if they are, they're okay. And if they're not, hopefully they will be saved by the bottom of the mountain. And uh, we're looking at doing a paint run and... Uh, coloring everybody with uh, different colors of paint. But in a paint run, I don't know if you've ran one. I've never ran one. In fact, Pastor Bostick's back there. He was bragging about all the 5Ks and marathons and things that he, he runs. I said, I want to run one. I got a bucket list of uh, running a 5K or walking or, or dying on a 5K, one of them, uh, <clears throat> before I turn a certain age, and that age is creeping up on me. So... Um, with all that being said, we're going to run the race. But we're going to throw the paint after everybody finishes the, the cross, uh, finishes the race. Not during the race. Because the first person, they're going to have to go back and get the last person. And when we all finish the race, because I believe scripture says, one day soon and very soon, the dead in Christ will rise. And all of us that are alive and remain will be called up together to be with him forevermore. So when all the students and workers pass the line, who knows what color we'll end up being.
but we're going to have a good time because one day in heaven, it's going to be a great day. And my final testimony of this evening, uh, do let me digress. There's some applications out there. If you want to come work with us or if you want to come and send students, we'd love to have you. My girl, when she was in the fourth grade, we moved to Mississippi from uh, the Pacific Northwest, and they were going to slide her back a grade because she could not comprehend reading. It it just, there was no connection there. And so we went through all the the stories and those things, and they called us in, and we were there, and she was, uh, knew what we were going for, so she was kind of upset, and she was upset, and... I can cry on a, just tell me to cry. I can start crying, you know. So I, I, was, I was messed up and they were telling me all these things. She's going to fail and all these. And I, I said, listen, I moved her with everything she knew, her wiener dog, everything, and put her right in school. Elves we do not, will not take. Ds we will discuss a lot. Cs will be okay, but we want the As and Bs. But if they don't come, we're going to accept the C's and D's. But we are not going to push her back. Well, we did the the ten-finger prayer. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We would do it before any kind of homework she had. Dad, I I don't want to do that. I said, but I'm the daddy and you're the daughter and we're going to do it. So we did spelling, math, English, PE, whatever it was. I just made up something so we can just have prayer. Well... They're books. In fact, she's getting ready to go to college. And I said, now, you know, all the books that you have purchased, they can't go with you. It's like I shot her. I can't take my books. But I'm here to tell you the testimony that we received an envelope in the mail. And it said, award notice. A scholarship for 16000 because of her 4.0 GPA in high school. I give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. She does not take after me, I can tell you that. But we give the Lord praise. And we only need 6,000 more. So if there's somebody who wants to help me meet that need, God will be a great God tonight. Amen. But all that being said, God is a wonderful God, Brother Jenkins. I talked and conversed with Brother Jenkins a little bit today. He was in school with my father. And I saw Brother Haddock back there. He's been in school with my, my father. So y'all know that the mercy of God has been upon my life. But uh, it's just a delight to be here. This evening, I'd like to share with you for a, a few moments, if I may. I've, I pointed at Brother Stanley. I was a point. You were supposed to jump up and shout and run. That was your cue. I said, this is Holy Ghost. When I point at you, you run and we'll have church. All right? I want to speak to you for a few moments on the, the spirit of expectation. Or the spirit of expectancy. You know, if we come not expecting, we can never receive. God wants to give. You have not because you ask not. He wants to give. He wants to bless. He wants to anoint. He wants to fill. He wants to uplift. He wants to encourage. But if we come, this is this is not the Lord But if we come, we have a spirit expectation. Something changes in the atmosphere. You know, I was thinking. Well, I won't call what I 
was doing, singing all day long. That's all. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You know, if you have a, a son or a daughter and they call you, text you, tweet you, or Facebook you and said, we are expecting the whole world changes. Everybody gets excited. All things halt. Everybody runs to Walmart or Target or what, because we've got to get everything in line and ready for this new baby. We are excited. In fact, they even have parties on Facebook to show a revealing party. Is it going to be a boy or is it going to be a girl? I mean, they just go crazy. My niece just had a baby, and some of the craziest things I've ever heard of, he said, well, she said uh, that Matt, her husband, has Amazon buttons all over the house. I went, what in the world is the Amazon button? The Amazon button is when you run out of diapers, there's a little mechanism that you get from Amazon, and you press the button that goes on the wall, and it automatically orders the diapers, and they ship them straight to your house. Or if you're out of wipes or, or baby powder or whatever you need for your baby, you just press the button. When we had kids, the greatest invention I thought had ever came was the diaper genie. You put the diaper in, you twist it, and you have a long chain of dirty diapers. I said, that's great. But when we are expecting... Things change. It changes. I wonder if we look in the scripture that Moses had a spirit of expectation when he stood and stuck out his rod over the river and he said, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I wonder what Joshua felt when he took all his mighty men and he began to march around without saying a word, without doing anything, but he marched with a spirit of expectation, knowing that God would fulfill his word. God will fulfill his word in your life. God will fulfill his word in your church. God will fulfill his word in your family. If we know that he is king, he he is Lord. He is Alpha and Omega. He is everything. And we put our trust in him. I wonder how David felt when he picked up the stone and he began to twirl it. A spirit of expectation. Who are you to defy my Lord? When the lion came against my sheep, the spirit of the Lord came upon me. And when the bear came against my sheep, the spirit of the Lord came uh, upon me. And it's not flesh and blood, but I believe it's Zechariah. It's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It doesn't matter what the world may say. It doesn't matter what may happen in the Wisconsin primary. It doesn't matter what may happen in November. It happens to know when we get a hold of the word of God. We have planted our feet. We have planted our life. We have planted our soul on the word of God. A spirit of expectation. I wonder what Elijah felt. Dig the trenches. Bring the water. Pour it. 
Because I know my God will answer. I wonder what Elisha felt when he picked up the mantle and he took the the mantle and smote the water and said, where is the God of Elijah? Where is the God? I'm here to tell you the same God. Hebrews 13.8. He's the same God yesterday, the same God today, and the same God forever. Well, what are you telling me? Let me tell you that he's the same God when the children of Israel were in the land of never enough. He was God and he had a plan for them. He is the same God that was in the desert when the shoes didn't wear out and the food came. But God said, do not take more than you need. That is the land of just enough. But God wants us to be in the land that's flowing with milk and honey. As the prophet Ezekiel said, I don't want you to be in ankle deep water. I don't want you to be in knee deep water. I don't want you to be in waist deep water. But I want you to be in water that you can swim in. And that water is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. We need to be moving and thriving in the power and the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you believe so, give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wonder how Daniel felt praying. People schemed up plans to get him destroyed. He had a spirit of expectation. When they put him in the den, the Lord's going to take care of me. And he came out without a scratch. And some here tonight are worrying about the church because of the coal mines and and all these other things. And you're saying, well, hey, you're in Beckley and you don't have a church and you don't have to worry about it. No, I don't have to worry about it. And you shouldn't either because God is the God. He is the king. He is our source. He is our supply. And we put our trust in him. I wonder how the three Hebrew boys felt. Thrown in the fire. Nowhere do I read that the Hebrew boys saw the fourth man. They were in the fire. Anybody ever been in the fire? Fire gets hot. Ask Randy this morning. He was holding the bucket. The bucket got hot. We were burning all the testimonies never to be remembered anymore. And he was going, even so, Lord, come quickly because the bucket was getting hot. But the king who threw them in, who did not like them, who did not understand why they wouldn't bow to culture, why they wouldn't bow and be complacent and compliant with and have tolerance. That's an interesting word. But the king looked in and said, I see a fourth man. And he looks. He gets me excited, what I'm about to tell you. And he looks like the son of man. You can go through fire. You can go through hell. You can go through trouble. You can go through trial. You can go through ridicule. You can go through mockery. You can go through all kinds of shame and those things. But when you go into the fire, 
nobody can see the trouble you're going through because we have the joy of the Lord. All the people can look in and see you in your trial is the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He is the one that covers us. I don't know how we get through it. I don't know how we make it, but it's because of the power and the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your trial, in your circumstance, in your fire, understand that the Lord, your God, is with you. What are you saying? I'm saying that we need to understand that God is with us. Whatever the trial may be, whatever the circumstance may be. So we look at different symbols of the Holy Spirit. Different markers that illustrate his power. The dove came down and rested upon the Lord's head. And a voice from heaven said... This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. I'm here to tell you that the peace of God and the purity of God rest upon you. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed because God, the heavenly father, is looking down and said, This is my child in whom I'm well pleased. Well, I didn't have a thousand for Easter. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. I don't have a great building. This is my child in whom I'm well pleased. We look and we see the water in John, John 4. The water is a symbol of refreshing and re- uh, cleansing. I'm glad to know that when we drink of this water that we will never thirst again. I'm glad the water will cleanse me and refresh me. I'm glad to know that the Holy Spirit flows through me. I'm glad to know that we have the fire, the purging fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm reminded when we pastored in Wichita, Kansas, we had a friend day. And so we had people come, and I was a little old school. I think it still works. I went and knocked on the door. You might need to call before you go. But I went and knocked on the door. They didn't come. All the cars were there. All the lights were on. But they didn't come. About a year after... They said, Pastor, do you remember coming to our house? I said, yes, it was cold in Kansas, and I stayed at the door. Because you told me to wait, but I didn't know I was going to wait 45 minutes. But I waited, because I needed anybody to be in the church. We had a big building, but no people. Can I tell you what happened? I said, I, I don't care. He said, something told me in my spirit that that's how I, meaning God, am for you. I'm waiting on you. I won't leave you nor forsake you. And that's what the the young gentleman and his family told me that was told to him. But then he also said, but do you want to know why it took us so long? I said, well, if you want to tell me, that's okay. He said, we were getting high and we had to clean up all the stuff and spray around the house before you came in the house. But they are working as the clerk of the church still. Some 15 years later in Wichita, Kansas, they're still in church. I'm here to tell you that the Spirit of God, the fire of God will purge you from all. I mean, he was in gangs and all these things. And he said, Pastor, I can't tell you all the things I've I've done. I said, well, I don't want to know. And God already knows, so we're good. 
the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm glad for the anointing of the oil, that the same oil is a symbol that anointed priests and prophets and kings. That oil flows over our spirit and over our body. But I'm more excited about the last symbol that I can find is that an Acts 2. Suddenly, there came a sound of a rushing mighty wind. And it blew in. And if you go back to Luke 24, it says, the promise, I'm going to send you the promise of the Father, but you've got to wait and tarry and expect. You've got to sit there waiting, holding on, because something good is about to happen. Too many times we, we give up just before a breakthrough takes place. Too many times we give up just before a great thing that God wants to do. But the wind comes in like a rushing mighty wind. I was with Pastor Bostic this weekend. And uh, he put me in a hotel and I, I thought it was a tent or a shanty. It was a very nice place. But the wind was blowing so strong. The windows were shaking. The walls were shaking. I said, Jesus, if you're coming, just let everybody know that I love them. But come on and take us home. It was shaking everything. Wouldn't it have been exciting, Brother Duncan, to be in that upper room? The place, they prayed. The place was shaken. The people were filled. I'm here to tell you that the wind of the Holy Spirit is an unseen reality. No one will argue about the reality of the wind. Though the wind cannot be seen, it cannot be harnessed, but only the most foolish of people would say that there is no wind. You can go to Parsons and Elkins and you can see the windmills. The wind farm. Or you can go to the plains of Ulysses, Kansas, and they look like statues and robots standing up there. There's so many windmills out there on the plains of Kansas. Or you can go to the Columbia River Basin between Oregon and Washington and up on the tops of the cliffs. There's windmills everywhere. I'm here to tell you that the wind of the Holy Spirit still blows. It may be a rushing mighty wind or it may be uh, just a little breeze, but God is not dead. His Spirit is not dead. The church is not dead. We are going to make it. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb. We are more than conquerors. We are victorious in Jesus Christ. Let the Spirit blow. Let the Spirit blow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The psalmist David writes, where can I go from your presence? Where can I go from your your, uh, Spirit? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. There's no where you can go. There's nowhere you can hide that the Spirit of God cannot reach you. It is an unseen reality. It's real. And I know many, if not all, of you know that the Spirit is real. But we need to expect that outpouring once again. We need to expect that that first century church be revitalized in the 21st century church. That when they were filled, they began to pray one for another. They began to lift one another up. They began to encourage one another. They began to say, hey, I'm praying for you. I don't know where you live. I don't know your name, but I know that you are blood-bought, and I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to lift you up. We need to P-R-A-Y and not P-R-E-Y. Because when we do the E-Y... Churches don't grow very much. 
Families don't stay together very much. People don't like one another very much. Families, the husbands and wives don't stay together very much when we have the EY going on. But when we do the AY, it tells us to pray one for another. First Timothy says always praying, encouraging one another. Pray without ceasing. Let us bear one another's burdens. When the Spirit flows into our life, we will pray one for another. It is an unseen reality. Not only is it an unseen reality, it is an unending reliability. You know, one of us, well, maybe all of us, can go weeks without eating. Maybe some of us need to do that. I don't know. We can go a couple of days without water. We can go a lifetime without sight or hearing. But just try to go a couple minutes without air. See what happens. We're all going to start killing over. And the same with the Spirit. We can't live off of yesterday. Even though I wanted North Carolina to win. And they didn't. And Villanova won the basketball game last night. Villanova can't live off of that next year. It's a whole new ball game. Jordan Spieth playing the Masters this week. He can't live off of last year's championship. He's got to do it all over again. And what you received this morning and what you received last night is not going to help us tomorrow. We need to continually be refilled by the Spirit. It is an unending reliability. That Job 12 and 10 says, in whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Acts 17 25 says, he giveth to all life and breath. Job 33 and 4 says, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. I'm here to tell you I am glad that I have life in the Lord. It was God who told the prophet Ezekiel, I'm going to breathe life into these bones. You or Some of you are sitting here as a pastor saying, My church is not growing. I want to give up. I don't know what to do. I'm here to tell you, let the breath of God breathe in your church let God breathe be filled with the spirit 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 and let God take control it's not an education it's not a denomination it's not the clothes we wear but it is the power in the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ he's the one that makes the difference let him breathe life in this place Unending reliability. Too many times we wait and hold and think we can make it on what we've done. The doctors say that I'm a type 2 diabetic. I don't want to believe them. But when I don't continue to walk, you know, it's 315 steps around the hotel. And so that's a lot of steps to get 10,000 steps. But if I live on yesterday's steps or last month's steps, it's not working for me in here. And so there has to be a continuation. And thank God 
for the prayer today. And the outlines. If you did not get an outline, email me, call the office. We can get you an outline of binding and loosing and, and, and all those things. That's what we need in our life. We've got to have a fresh, fresh anointing. Because it's reality. The Spirit is not going anywhere. The Spirit is never going to leave. It is an unseen reality. It is, has an unending reliability. And not only is it those things, but it has an unconfined reach. What are you saying? As the, past, uh, the bishop said, I called him bishop, but he wants to be called pastor. Pastor Bishop said, nothing can stop prayer. Prayer has no limits. The Spirit has no limits. It's futile for us to try to confine the wind or the Holy Spirit. John 3 and 8 says the wind blows where it wants to. And, and we can hear where it comes from and maybe see where it goes, but, but we don't know. And the same with the Spirit. We can pray here. And people can be touched on the other side of the state. We can pray here and people can be touched on the other side of the world. But what we need to understand that the Spirit has no limits. It reaches across boundaries and denominations. It reaches across race and economics. It reaches across age demographics. I'm here to proclaim to you that the Spirit of God is live and well. And we need to have that first century example and experience of the Holy Spirit refilling us. Even so, Lord, pour out your Spirit. Pour out. Rain out on us, Lord. We we need your spirit in our life. It goes across state lines. It goes across uh, nationalities. I'm here to proclaim to you that we need to have the spirit move. Let the spirit move. You see, it reached into the, uh, the upper room. It reached into Samaria. It reached into Judea. It reached into Jerusalem. It reached into the uttermost parts of the earth. It reached into Acts 12 when Peter was in jail and the jail, uh, he was released and he went down and the little servant girl answered the door, Rhoda answered the door and went to the people that were praying for Peter to be released and they were praying but maybe they didn't have a spirit of expectation because Rhoda come and said, hey, Peter's at the door. They said, oh, I know you're excited about it but he's, he's still in jail. He's not there. No, no, you don't understand. Peter is at the door and they went to the door and Peter, who just got released from jail, the jail, he didn't know how he got released. He thought he was in a dream. I'm here to tell you when we pray in the Spirit and move in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, speak in the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, things will happen that we don't even know what's going on. But we need to allow the Spirit to move through us. Be filled with the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Pray. In the Spirit, when you don't know how to pray, the Spirit will give you the words to pray. When you do not know what to say, the Spirit will give you the words to say. When you don't know how to act, the Spirit will show you how to act. Just let God move in your life. The Spirit, Acts 12, 
The Spirit moved in. Acts 16, the Spirit moved in and Paul and Silas was released. Over and over. And I'm glad that he reached down in 2009. 4659 Terry Road, Jackson, Mississippi. Get up. I thought Cammy was beating me with a pillow. But it was the spirit of the Lord that said, get up. And I get up and I said, hey, I need to go to the hospital. I get and go to the hospital and all that goes on. They check me. I flatline on their table. They said, if you hadn't have been here, you wouldn't be alive today. But I'm glad that the spirit said, hey, I've still got purpose for you. I still have reason for you. It's not your time yet. Get up. Get up. And God wants to shake you tonight. God wants to move in your life tonight. God wants to do something in your church tonight. When we come with expectation he is alive he is alive you see when you you look at the jails that they were in you look at the situations and I can walk down from pew to pew and seat to seat and you can begin to tell me this is what God's done for me this is how God has provided for me and this is how God helped me I'm here to tell you that there is no door too thick. There is no wall too high. There is no circumstance too final. There is no sickness that is too deathly. There is no chaos that's too chaotic for the spirit to penetrate and move in. There is no marriage that's too far gone. There is no church that's too far past its prime. There is no ministry that's washed up and given up because I'm here to tell you that the spirit of God will move in. But we can't move in That was then. That was last camp meeting. and I don't have that song and I don't have this song and and I don't have those things going on. I'm here to tell you. We don't need a song. We don't need a beautiful building. We just need the spirit. Let it blow. Let it blow. Clint Brown used to sing a song, Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Holy Ghost Spirit. Holy Ghost Fire. Breathe on me. Yesterday's gone. And today I'm in need. Holy Ghost Fire. Breathe on me. We sing Holy Spirit. You are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. We sing those songs. We play those songs. But do we actually believe those songs? But we need God. We need Him to move. I get so... I I, I actually stutter when I get excited, don't I? To see young people that have grown up in our, our, our camps... And they get on Facebook and they start saying, what's wrong with homosexuality? I'm going, my goodness. You were just at camp. 
What's wrong with this? Why can't anybody and everybody do what they want to do? We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need God to move in our spirits. We need God to move in our presence. I want my two girls to see them slain in the spirit. I want them to understand that God is real. He is almighty. He is all powerful. He is omniscient. He is everything. And we put all of our trust in him. It's way too long for me to tell you what God has done. My father was praying for people in Blackshear. He was painting a member's house. Be careful what you do for members. They may trick you. I don't know. The scaffold broke. And he shattered his arm. But dad being stubborn, you guys know him. He kept preaching. And he was here like this, praying for people in the altar. And it sounded like a rifle, pastor. It sounded like a rifle going off in the church. He had a doctor appointment the next day in Waycross, Georgia. Dr. Bickerstaff, he comes in, Mr. Weaver, you can get a little play in your arm if you do therapy. My dad said, what do you mean, doctor, like this? He said, the doctor fell out of his chair. Got up, he called all the people that assisted, called all the people that were in the operating room, and said, I want to know how James D. Weaver can move his arm when we took out the crushed bone, we took out the tendons, and there's nothing in there will cause that arm to work. I'm here to tell you that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, my peace. And we just put our trust in him. I don't know what your need may be. I don't know what your circumstance may be. But I do know that he is almighty. I do know that he... He is Alpha and Omega. I do know that he is the beginning and the end. I do know that he will see what he has started until it is finished. And one day, soon and very soon, we're all going home to see him. Amen. We'll give the Lord praise in this place. Give him praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be magnified. Well, hallelujah. Will you all stand? A spirit of expectation. A spirit of expectation. What do you need God to do? It's my prayer that when you leave here and at your next Sunday service, an explosion takes place. An explosion that you're calling the bishop, the pastor, and saying, I don't know what happened. But it comes when we have a spirit of expectation. It happens when we have a spirit of expectation. Well, hey, I want to have this in my life. I want to add this in my life. The wind blows. 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 The Spirit moves. The Spirit moves. The Spirit encourages. The Spirit uplifts. The Spirit encourages. The Spirit says, come unto me. 
all of you that are burdened and heavy laden. The Spirit says, I will give you rest. Come unto me. I has not seen nor ear heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for those that love him Corinthians says that he always leads us triumphantly Romans says that we are more than conquerors we do not have to live a defeated life we don't have to say well we need to bow down to culture and we just need to stay in our place our place is to stand up and say, Lord, I am going to be counted. I understand that the stars only shine when there's darkness. And God says, you are my stars. You are my stars. And the culture is getting dark outside. But I need you to stand up. I need the Spirit to move in your life. I need you to be a willing vessel. I need you to have expectation in your heart. I need you to understand, if you will give me your life, I can do great and mighty things that thou knowest not. If you have a need of anything, or if you just want to be refilled and renewed, or if you've got some kind of dream that God has placed inside of you, and you feel like, well, the dream is gone, it's past. I'm here to tell you, dreams never die. Dreams never die. If you want God to do something in your life, I'm asking you, as they begin to sing, step out. God wants to revive your church. God wants to revive your ministry. God wants to revive your home. God wants to bring new life into your life. God wants to bring new life into your home. Just step out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.